Hello, this is C. Northington Purdy, and you're listening to Starting Your Teaching Career. In today's episode, we will tackle four myths about teaching, four things that people assume about teaching because they just don't know. And of course, I'll back it up with some well-researched facts. Stay tuned. Before getting started, I would like to give credit to the websites from which I've gotten a lot of this information. One of them is called thoughtco.com. The other, the uh, information about salaries, etc., I've gotten from payscale.com, which is a great resource, and nea.com, which is the website of the National Education Association, and that is the National Teachers Union. So let's get started. Starting with the first myth, and it drives me nuts. Um, George Bernard Shaw said in one of his publications, those who can do and those who can't teach. I will say that again. Those who can do and those who can't teach. And, And the implication there is that people who were not able to succeed in a certain career use teaching as a fallback plan so they you know well if i'm if i can't if i can't um build buildings like an architect i can still teach math or if i can't and that's that's kind of nonsense and clearly it is obvious that he was never a teacher because if he had been a teacher he wouldn't have even believed that or, or wanted to say that people who have never taught before have interesting views of what the profession really entails. The statement is uh, equal parts false and unkind, okay? Because it, it, it also implies that uh, we're not very knowledgeable about our subject because they're saying those who can't. And I, I'm just going to go ahead and... Um, Suppose for for a second that this statement is true, that people who teach do not know how to do what they went to college to do, did not know their craft well enough to practice it. But if you don't, how could the person teach? If you don't know the mathematical computations for geometry, how can you train the architect? If you, if you don't, demonstrating is um, actually showing the class how to do something, which means that the teacher has to know how to do whatever it is that he or she is teaching in order to show someone else. Modeling, demonstration is a major part of teaching. How can an artist, for example, teach an art class without demonstrating? How can an English teacher read, write uh, English and know all those definitions, the literature, the wealth of literature that a teach, an English teacher must know, the poetry that an English teacher knows by heart and bookfuls of poetry that they can recite on command, some of them. And it, it, this statement also implies that anybody can be a teacher. And that implication drives me crazy because lots of people can 
go to college, go through a teacher education program, get really good grades, but they can't teach when they get out. Teaching is a superpower. Some people are great at it and some people are not. Um, Teaching is a craft. It's a skill. It is an intelligence almost because you need intrapersonal skills to quote Howard Gardner and you need interpersonal skills because you need to be able to interact with other people and also a good teacher needs emotional intelligence because they need to gauge whether or not students are learning or whether or not they're understanding they need to know how to read body language they need to know how to communicate with parents. A good teacher has many skills. There are too many people who can't teach, which is why they are an in industry. Number two, teachers don't work as hard as other people in corporate America or in business. People, and it's amazing to me that people actually believe that, that uh, school is only from eight to three. And so what are you doing all the other time? Just lounging around. That couldn't be more false. That couldn't be. And I I must remind you, those of you, when you're listening to me, I was um, a public school teacher for many years before I joined the university staff. So I know I know what I'm saying about this. Teachers are, first of all, mandated to arrive before school starts and leave the building after the school, the students leave after the students are dismissed. Most teachers unions even specify that in the contract. You can't leave until until the children are out of the building. After school and on weekends, teachers are reading student essays, they're grading homework assignments, they're writing lesson plans. If you've never written a lesson plan, you have no idea how much research goes into that. It's a lot of work and it's a, it's a lot of thought work. You have to think really hard because you have students in your class who might have an individualized education plan, an IEP, in which case they have special needs that have to be accounted for by law. So in the midst of planning your lesson, you're planning a lesson for the 30 students in your class plus the five or six kids who have special needs. All right, imagine a class with 30 students in it. They're each writing a two page essay and they hand it in and you have to grade all, you have to read all those essays. Okay, so you're reading them, you figure, all right, it's 30 students, each kid is writing an essay that has to be two pages, turns out to be you're reading 60 pages, but what if you have to hand it back, you have to give them back their papers the next day? 60 pages a night, the average person doesn't read that much. 60 pages a night, teachers do that, but they don't just read it, they check the grammar, they check the spelling, they, I mean, and in some schools, they check the handwriting even. And today's teacher is using a rubric to grade, to, to evaluate the essay, which means that they have a system, systematically designed um, evaluation tool with which they are supposed to evaluate each essay. The work that goes into that 
is hours and hours and hours of work. Eight to three? Your real work starts at three o'clock. myth on the thoughtco.com website and I thought it, it first of all I laughed out loud when I saw it but it really is ironic the myth is that teachers are out to get your child they're out to get your kid and I'm surprised I'm surprised that so many people actually believe that um, sometimes and now every once in a while that is the truth but the majority of teachers let me just give you the the lay of the land when it comes to being a teacher and then i'll come back to teachers being out to get your kid according to the national center for education statistics um, which is run by the government the average class size in the united states is 22 students now i know that there are many many schools that have more kids than that in each class but that's the national average for those 22 children you have to write lesson plans. You have to attend parents' meetings. You have to call and communicate with parents periodically via email, via calling, via text message. You have to attend faculty meetings. You have to attend department meetings. You have to assign and grade work. You have to teach what you've written in those lesson plans. And you have to evaluate whether or not they understood what you taught them. You have to adhere to the individualized education plan. And, all, and while doing all of that, Okay. While doing all of that, for a parent to think that the teacher is concentrating solely on your child, he's out to get my kid. Please understand, please understand that the teacher has a lot to think about. Um, if it's a an elementary school teacher, you're teaching all the subjects. You've got a full range of core subjects that you're teaching every day. You're thinking about the material. You're thinking about how to teach it. You're thinking about how to evaluate it. You're thinking about how to use the technology to realize the curriculum. It's If they are concentrating on your child because they don't like your child, it's not much time. They're not thinking about your child as much as you are. Not as much as you do. It's just, it, it would be impossible to do that and, be, and, and remain employed. And I would like to just add another little thing in there. Teachers have, many teachers have their own children at home that they're thinking about. <laughs> just, just saying, sure, every once in a while, there might be a teacher who finds your child annoying, but that doesn't mean he or she is out to get them. The paranoia that is being stirred up, I, I don't, I can't, I'm not placing blame on anybody, but we're seeing more and more of it, that the teachers are viewed as the enemy. That is nonsense. Support your teachers. They're working very hard and they don't make as much money as the people in, uh, <laughs> in the, on the outside. But they deserve our respect.
here's another myth. Teachers don't really work like professionals because they get 30 days off from work. Um, they get two months off from work every year. That it's true that teachers get the uh, vacation. Sometimes it occurs in the summer, depending on the state. Um, sometimes it occurs um, sporadically throughout the year, but you get the equivalent of two months vacation. That is not outlandish at all. That is not outlandish at all. According to USA Today, uh, we are behind in every field, not just teaching, when it comes to giving employees time to refresh themselves and replenish, not just teachers. The average American can expect 10 days of vacation time in a whole year, in a whole year, 15 if you're lucky. Okay, Um, but around the world, it's a different story altogether. It's a completely different picture. Um, 33 or more. Now, these are the countries that um, in which a a, a person working in any field can expect between not even between 33 or more vacation days paid in any field, Portugal, Spain, Germany, um, and these are just the European countries. Amazing. Um, in Italy, you can expect between 30 and 32 d- paid vacation days. In France, also, same thing. Greece, also, the same, uh, what, between 30 and 32 vacation days. It is, it, I mean, it's just unheard of that, that in the United States, you get the measly 10-day vacations. Um, in the United Kingdom, you can expect between 24 and 26 vacation days off for the year. In Norway, you can expect the same. So complaining that teachers get the two months off doesn't really make any sense in the overall scheme of things. In order to be productive, you have to to refresh, you have to replenish. You need, I mean, you need to sleep at night. You need to, your body needs a break. Your mind needs a new perspective. Many teachers I know during those two months, they travel, they do international travel so that they can gain experiences and knowledge in order to teach their classes. That's not a luxury. It's, it, it reflects international standards. And believe me, a teacher needs all the energy that she or he needs in order to deal with your child. Those are four myths that are popular about teaching. There are loads more. If you would like for me to highlight one of the myths about teaching that you have or that you've heard, feel free to message us. It's easy. Just go to anchor.fm forward slash Northington Purdy. See you next time.